Welcome to another episode of the podcast that looks at the most must-see movies and asks, how have you not seen that? I'm your host, as ever, Andrew Grayson, and today I am joined by the wonderful, this man sings all over the country with me. So he's forever telling me about these films that he's watched and these films that he's seen and these films that I should be watching, so I thought, why not get him as a guest on how have you not seen that? It's Mr. Craig Smith. How's it going, mate? Hi. I'm good. I'm good, darling. Yeah. That cracking poster you've got behind you. What's that dance education? Yeah, dance on there. Yeah, please? yeah. No, it's my wife. Ah, which is yeah. which is why which is why when you jumped on this Zoom call, there was a picture of her and no me. I was gonna say, mate. Like, I uh, mind you tell me, you, you again, it's yeah. the same for everybody. When you get older, you, you were much bonnier when you were younger, as I can admit <laughs> yeah. myself being the same thing. But I was like, oh, this must be a very young picture of me. Um, Craig, mate, thank you very much for coming on. Um, we, as I say, we've we've gigged up and down uh, Scotland, England. Very many movie conversations we've had, TV conversations yes. we've had. So quizzes, quizzes, yes, many yeah. a quiz. Four yeah. quizzes were yeah. cool during COVID. We had many a quiz <laughs> down in Blackpool. <laughs> oh, um, so yeah, I thought right. I started this podcast, and I'm thinking to myself, right. Craig's always got a film for me that I've no seen, so why not get him on the pod? And I must say, mate, you've you've picked an absolute banger. Oh, now, sweet! I'm so of, I'm so happy you like it. Of the four, <laughs> of the first three episodes we've done, I've been getting grief um, for not seeing the films before. This is the one I believe I'm going to get the most grief for because, as an actor, you said it yourself. You couldn't believe I hadn't seen this film. Um, and I've only told a couple of people what the film is, but as soon as it comes out, uh, the title, uh, I'm assuming I'm going to get lots of lots of grief. But without further ado, I'm going to introduce the film. Mr. Craig Smith has picked Good Will Hunting, an absolute stormer of a film. It was released in 1997 with a runtime of two hours and six minutes, gaining an 8.3 IMDb rating which meant it hit the heights of number 82 in the top 100 IMDb movie list. It stars Ben Affleck, Matt Damon and Robin Williams. Will Hunting, a janitor at MIT, has a gift for mathematics, but needs help from a psychologist to find direction in his life. Yeah, but this girl's like, you know, beautiful. She's smart, she's fun. She's different from most of the girls I've been with. So call her up, Romeo. Why? So I can realize she's not that smart, that she's fucking boring. Yeah, I mean, you know, this girl's like fucking perfect right now. I don't want to ruin that. Maybe you're perfect right now. Maybe you don't want to ruin that. But I think that's a super philosophy, Will. That way you can go through your entire life without ever having to really know anybody. My wife used to fart when she was nervous. She had all sorts of wonderful little idiosyncrasies. <laughs> you know, she used to fart in her sleep. <laughs> I'm sorry I shared that with you. <laughs> One night it was so loud it woke the dog up. <laughs> <laughs> she woke up and got like, oh, was that you? I said, yeah, I didn't have the heart to tell her. <laughs> oh, God. She, she woke herself up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Christ. <laughs> Ah, but Will, she's been dead two years, and that's the shit I remember. <laughs> Wonderful stuff, you know? Little things like that. Yeah, but 
those are the things I miss the most. Those little idiosyncrasies that only I knew about. That's what made her my wife. Oh, and she had the goods on me, too. She knew all my little peccadilloes. People call these things imperfections, but they're not. Oh, that's the good stuff. And then we get to choose who we let into our weird little worlds. You're not perfect, sport. And let me save you the suspense. This girl you met, she isn't perfect either. But the question is whether or not you're perfect for each other. That's the whole deal. That's what intimacy is all about. Now, you can know everything in the world, sport, but the only way you're finding out that one is by giving it a shot. You certainly won't learn from an old fucker like me. Even if I did know, I wouldn't tell a piss ant like you. So, Craig, first question, mate. Why this film? Oh, why not this film? It's so, <laughs> it's just so good. Um, and, and, right, I know we could, we could, and I'm sure we will wax philosophical about how good this movie actually is. Yeah. Um, but um, for the people who don't, I, I genuinely believe that this life um, that I have for myself and what I do genuinely is massively impacted by this film. I think this film sort of set me on a path. It, it, it has a has a variety of different things for it. So obviously, Robin Williams is in this when I was younger. I was a 90s kid, so I grew up knowing Robin Woo! Williams for being, yeah, <laughs> for being, you know, uh, Mrs. Doubtfire and the Genie and Aladdin and, you know, even movies like Jack. And yeah. things, do you know, like movies yeah, yeah, um, yeah. that came out and I knew Robin Williams as this and I never really seen him do anything else. And a friend of mine said, you should watch this movie that he did based on a book that I'd read called What Dreams May Come, mm-hmm. right? Um, which is also a good movie you should watch. It's not as good as this one, but you should watch it. Um, and it's the first time I ever saw Robin Williams do anything serious. Yeah. And when I watched him do something serious, I was like, all right, okay. You know, the movie's not amazing. It's got a really interesting premise and stuff. But I was like, okay, this is cool. Yeah, yeah, all right, fine. And then I went back and watched this movie because I was like, oh, I wonder if he's done anything more serious. Yeah. And he had done this movie. I believe this was the movie he did before What Dreams May Come. Okay. But I'd, I'd just not paid attention to Good Woman, yeah. even although it'd been won all these Oscars and stuff. Oscars, I wasn't, yeah. I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't well, really... Just, just, just to cut in there on what you're saying, it was nominated for, let's see, seven, eight, nine. Nine Oscars. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Yeah, so you had Best Music, Best Original Song, Best Film Editing, Best Director, Best Actress in a Supporting Role, Best Actor in a Leading Role, Best Picture, Best Writing and Best Actor, of which it won Best Writing and Best Actor with Robin Williams, Matt Damon and Ben Laffick picking it up. So it's it's a top tier one you've picked, mate. It's It was one of the goodies. Which is why I was really shocked you hadn't seen it. But mate, this is the thing, right? And, and again, I've probably said this over many of the podcasts that I've done. I really got into films in 2013. I got my Cine World card then and now everything since then that has been released that I feel as if I should see, I have seen. Um, and I've just got many gaps because the same, I'm very much the same as you, 90s kid. I grew up with Robin Williams as a, as the genie, as, as you say, and Jack, Hook, these these more kind of family-friendly films. And I knew he was a, a, a serious actor and I knew he'd done things like, I think there's another film, it's called One Hour Photo, where he plays like a more of a villainy kind of character. 
Whereas what I loved about him, and we'll get any more depth later on as we start speaking, what I love about him, he is a, a lovely balance between serious and... Co- he's got lovely, beautiful, tiny, small comedy moments in this that make me laugh out loud. And it just shows you the the, the, the impact that he, even during a role where he is much more serious and much more dramatic, you, you get that glint, you get that shine that is Robin Williams as a comedian. Um, I, think it's, I think it's really important to remember about Robin Williams, I don't think, um, especially like growing up, you know, mm-hmm. people before me knew Robin Williams as Mark. Yeah, from Mark that was the first Mindy. thing my dad yeah. says. He's like, did but, you see Mark and Mindy? Yeah, but Robin Williams went to Juilliard. Yeah. You know, he's a serious actor. Like, he has got some serious acting chops and, and he knew the value of a sort of acting education and I'm sure like that. You know, we'll we'll talk about that later on when it comes mm-hmm. to you know the themes and stuff, and um, behind it. But he he had some real real chops. And when I watched this movie, I kind of came away from this movie looking at his performance, going, "I think that was really special." Yes, entirely. I think it wasn't. I think it wasn't just the movie. There was something about it that it literally made me feel really special. Yeah. And I went, okay. And it was about a week later after watching it that I went back and watched it again and like my wife <laughs> I don't do that yeah I don't I don't watch movies again I don't mm. um I think I'm not very even Avengers much... no because I like, like <laughs> not genuinely like I think no, I, I think if you. I go back and I think like I live in the moment and I think if we go back and 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 see you know the thing that inspired me for those people who don't know me I'm I'm not I enjoy film but I'm a stage person everything so. that i've done my education is in the stage i train stage actors do you know what i mean everything that i do is is in the stage and has this feeling of right it's one and done you know yeah. get in the rehearsal do it it's there you're living in the moment some nights might be amazing some nights there and it was the first time that i ever remember seeing in a movie what i felt sometimes when i stepped on a stage and at this time obviously i was a as a very young actor and I hadn't done any like kind of formal training or anything yet but it was like there was something special about it there was a Mm -hmm. feeling about watching the performances in this that you go that's amazing and I think that's the interesting thing and I'm assuming one of the reasons why you picked this because there is a very particular scene that we will get to that reeks of what everything you've just said and as much as you're saying you're a you're a theater guy your man here your boy wants to be a film star he wants to be a film actor but the th- in fact, do you know what? Right, let's let's just get into it because we're kind of we're 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 tiptoeing around it. So at this point, we are going full spoilers. We are going under the assumption that you have seen the film, unlike myself. Um, so if you haven't seen the film, stop right now, go watch it, come back and listen to our wonderful words. So, where do you want? Do you want to start off with that scene? I'm assuming you know the scene I'm talking about, or do you want to kind of get to that a wee bit later? I think I think what I would like to start with is the yeah. fact that when we when we spoke about this being a play that fascinated me and I was like okay. all right okay I wonder if it was mm-hmm. and then I found out that it was wow right? so Matt Damon so I, I I found this out years and years ago Matt Damon went to Harvard I don't know if anyone knows that but he he's a Harvard graduate right, right? but in the middle of his I think it was his fourth year he took a playwriting class as a sort of addendum to it and he wrote this play about a kind of young boy from Southie who was actually a physics major and 
he loved this story. He, mm-hmm. he wrote this as a play. He wrote it as a one-act play. And he developed friendship with um, Ben Affleck um, mm-hmm. because they were very good friends. And he just couldn't get away from this idea. It was like, this is really good. I love this. And I really want to do something with it. And who they loved at the time was Kevin Smith. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Clerks, clerks and Mole Rats. Wonderful and movie that they they done together is Dogma. That's one of my favourite yeah. Kevin yeah. Smith movies. And they're obviously a part of that. It's a, it's a, I would highly recommend people see that film. It's a fucking great movie. Yeah, they're in uh, Chase Namey as well because they're, yeah, they're very yeah. good friends with, with Kevin Smith. So Kevin Smith took the screenplay uh, of it and said, you know, I think you could do something with this and began to pass it around. Mm-hmm. Funny story about this is um, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck passed it to a major studio and the major studio had wrote notes on it calling them Brad and Leo because no matter right. who was going to be in this, it wasn't That's going to was... be them. Yeah. It was going to be Brad and Leo, right? So they wrote, and this is true, they wrote about 50 pages into it, they wrote a sex scene between right. Chucky and Will. Uh-huh. Right? And the reason they did that was because they were convinced the studio heads weren't going to read it. Wow. They were just going to look at it and go, this Aye. could be a vehicle. So they wrote this in and um, Kevin Smith read it. Now, spoiler, <laughs> on this, <laughs> the, person, the person who was in charge of Castle Rock or Minimax, the people who do that at the time was lovely man Harvey Weinstein. Right? Hey, always hey. comes back to the scumbags. <laughs> yeah. And Harvey Weinstein actually read it and said, you know, love it. This is great. Love to do it. Not quite so sure about the sex scene. <laughs> and from then on, they went, okay, this is this is this is the the, the, the studio actual... that we want to go with. Yeah. And um, and I think those that basis from the start of being a play. Um, and the fact that they were kind of play actors yeah. was so good because so much of this movie is ad-libbed. Well, this is the thing as well, is even even going off the ad-libs and stuff like that, but see the scenes where they are, I'm assuming, tightly scripted. The scene, obviously, with Robin Williams in the park. Now, this is the thing as well, right? And this is a thing that I'm discovering as well, watching all these movies. In terms of how it's hit normal life, I know so many things about this film. I know... The, there was the speech. I've never, I think I've seen parts of it. I've not I've never seen it in whole. I know that it's not your fault. I know that oh my boy's wicked smart. The um the how do you like them apples? There's loads of like <clears throat> pop culture references that come from this film that I didn't read. Again, most of my pop culture comes from Family Guy because I'm a loser. But like I did, I do know that's where they come from. But the two that kind of stand out is obviously the scene with Robin Williams in the park, and then there's another lovely scene. It's it's Matt Damon's character goes for a, a job interview with, um, oh, correct me, what is it? It's not it's the NSA. Yes, the NSA. And he's halfway through the conversation and then it cuts to him. And it's like these very, very specific directed shots where it is so close to their face that you go, fuck, that's one take. That's not cut. And it's like, and that's, as you say, it's this stage acting thing. It's this, we need to do this in one. And and it, and it's like, when you said to me, I look, oh, how have you not seen this as an actor? And I'm going these are the moments where I was going, oh, this is why Craig has told me that I need to see this as an actor. And it was, it's, 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 it's fucking beautiful, beautiful work. And the, like, as soon as, as soon as Robin Williams come on the screen, I was like, I, I got sad because obviously he's passed away. But I was like, oh, wow, this guy is like, I've got so many notes where it just says Robin Williams. 
And I'm just going, right, it's clearly that's a bit where he's, he's, he's just blew me away and we'll get into the specifics of that. But it took me until that point where I went, oh, Matt Damon. Like, I know he got nominated, but like the, it, 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 at the halfway point, I was going, this is very much Robin Williams for me. And then there's like two or three scenes where I was going, oh, Matt Damon. And then Ben Affleck, I thought was pretty missable in this film until you get to the scene uh, with the two of them in the workyard. And I was like, oh, Ben talks Affleck, talks by about, the way. Yeah, see that, I just, I just think, I mean, I would love to know, I mean, I'd, I'd love to read a book about how they how they made this movie and how they did it. And everything. Yeah. But just that point where he still goes, if you're still here in 20 years, I'm, I'm going to fucking kill you. you. I'm fucking kill you. Do you know what I mean? And it's just, it's, 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 it's not even so good. Yeah, and it's so it's it's comes across so real, and obviously they have such a tight knit relationship. I don't know if it began with this or how how long they knew each other before this, but it, it was real, and it was the, it was it was the parts after that for me as well, where he's just like look, and it and it's it's obviously the theme that we see throughout Matt Damon's character kind of sabotaging himself to protect himself from getting hurt again and things like that. <clears throat> but seeing that other side of of Ben Affleck, someone that he knows and cares about and loves, obviously. And, there's some lovely scenes with Robin Williams where he's like, they'll they'll lie in front of traffic for you. To ha- for him to have this kind of almost revelation moment where he's just like, look, you have a gift. I would fucking kill for what you've got. Everybody here on this site would yeah, kill he calls for it you. A winning, he calls that a winning lottery ticket. Yeah, and it, and it yeah. is. It's like, even the lovely scene between them... Um, between Ben Affleck and... Uh, I've forgotten her name. That's why IMDb's open. Skylar. Skylar. Um, many drivers, many drivers. Many drivers. Oh, by the way, she should be doing more work. She was fucking wonderful in this. <laughs> like, oh, I was, I had to, I was so shocked when I checked IMDb, and I was like, why did she not do more after this? Because it's fucking yeah. incredible. Um, She's very specific about what yeah, she does. I, I, I could get that, but like after this, I was going, why is she not doing more? Because the scene with them sitting at the cafe. Uh, out, in the cafe and she's they're just sitting talking and and he kind of explains it in the sense that Beethoven sat down and just knew how to play piano it just that's how his brain worked and that's how he worked it and and I don't know man just for me the 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 the, the character that we follow from the start with Matt Damon up to uh, <clears throat> where we get to at the end the the small inserts between what Robin Williams character does with him and what Ben Affleck's character then comes in and does and then that fucking harrowing scene when they break up like me i was watching this man and i'm i'm like you bastard like i oh it's just see as soon as i seen as soon as a movie grabs me like this this is when i care like when i'm in and and this is the fun thing as well about revisiting these older films i don't like watching films in the house because i've got my phone i've got adhd i'm fucking anything and everything can distract me this film had me by for lack of a better term had me by the buzz i was in and I could not take my eyes off it. <clears throat> I think what's really interesting about this film, um, and especially everyone that I've ever told about, like every class that I ever teach from mm-hmm. a senior level, if I'm teaching actors, I tell them about this movie. And yeah. like everyone's like, oh great, Mr. Smith's talking about good old hunting. <laughs> <laughs> but, but like it is it is you just don't get it, kids. Like, you just don't they get don't, it. They, ju- they just don't get it, Andrew. They just no. And then but I think what's so interesting about this is if you write this down, right? Mm-hmm. If you write this movie down. It's incredibly boring. Yeah. It's the story of a young man who just happens to be really good at math, who was born poor. Yep. And that's it. Because there's no massive moment in it. There's nothing in it. It's just beautifully paced. And it's a real, true 
human story. And again, I think it just goes back to that. You could do this entire movie as a play and be very, very good at it. And there's only one other thing that I think rivals it. And and no doubt you'll probably talk about this um, at some point with someone else is uh, with the way that Martin McDonough writes when he wrote Three Billboards. Oh my God, I fucking adore that film. But Three Billboards is Martin McDonough, who's a playwright. Yeah. Wrote Cypress Avenue, yeah. wrote The Pillow Man. Like all of these things start as plays. And I think when you've got a story that is so tight knit that it can mm-hmm. be done as a play, why wouldn't it work as a film? Yeah. Exactly. And why wouldn't it? Because you're not going to sit in the theater and check your phone. Mm-hmm. So why do we, when we when we sit and watching a film, why do we go, oh, I've got to check my phone? Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, and I, I really enjoy, I think that good performances, good writing and everything just should grab you like that. But if you write down the cocktail napkin um, part of this story, then Mm -hmm. it's really boring. But that's the thing as well as what I said, like what I thought would be interesting about how we would discuss this, because like the past films that we've done in the podcast, there were lots of things to kind of go in terms of like, oh, the the music and and the music was great in this. And it, but like, it wasn't a character per se, whereas the thing for me that stands out is everything that you've kind of brought to the table here with the, the whole idea that if this was a play, there's just lovely people moments. There's lovely people performances. The stuff at the start where um, I think it's the first meeting between um, between Matt Damon's uh, Will and Robin Williams Sean when they're in the, the, the first therapy session and he mentions his wife and he realises he's, he's hit a nerve here and he, he, he pulls on that nerve. Robin Williams's reaction I'm going that's real man like that's you could tell that fucking came from somewhere personal to him or it, it, it was they, by the way see the see the part where he puts his throat aye. on him and he says you talk about wife and I'll fucking end you aye. look at Matt Nathan's eyes and that he didn't know that was coming mate this is the thing man this this is what this is the point where I was going oh just uh, I get why Robin Williams um won an Oscar for this and it's like there's sometimes I think you watch a film, like there's times when I've watched films and you go, yeah, like, so for instance, um, the year DiCaprio won for Revenant, it's a great performance. It wasn't much to write home. It wasn't like, like, I think he's actually had better performances, but that's that's a completely different argument. Um, whereas when you watch Robin Williams in this, just from that scene alone, just from the speech, there's so many different points within this film where you could just take that one scene out and go, oh my days, he... he absolutely phenomenal give him the oscar and the fact that it kind of as you say it's it's not the most exciting story but you get invested in these characters you want to see this relationship develop between um robin williams and matt damon you want to see even where it goes with with stellan skarsgård like again another again i know i'm a loser it's um it's thor's buddy that's where my head goes out automatically if i see a, a, an mcu person i go oh, i know that guy even his performance, oh, by the way, like wonderful casting as him as the sleazy, I'm going to shag you um, college tutor. Yeah, 100%. And He's he does, so it, he does it, it multiple times, especially <laughs> yeah. when he does that creepy thing where she goes, tell me who solved it. And he goes, unless you want to meet for you for a drink later. <laughs> yeah, I'm but even, this, like, oh, even the small thing when Matt Damon phones, uh, phones his missus and, and, and he doesn't say anything, she's like, ah. Is that you? And it's like, oh my god, he's yeah. an absolute cretin of a man that he's that these people actually assume it's him that's phoning. Um, so yeah, so some of the stuff I want to talk, I want to talk about the dynamic as well. I found it interesting that Casey Affleck, the first thing I can remember seeing him in was actually 
is it Manchester by the Sea he's in? Yeah. Can I just jump in here? Yeah. By the way, just to tell you something. Casey mm-hmm. Affleck, totally improved. Really? Yeah. So there's multiple points in this where um see what he tells the story about like jerking off in his mum's room. Yeah. And then he's in he's in the car later on and then he says, uh, no, I ran out of quarters. I was calling your mum's 900 number. Uh, and he says, let's get off a mother's there. And they all crack up. Because uh, he's he's just making up, he's just making up. That's amazing. But it was, it was the dynamic between all of these guys. Like you'll find multiple points in this where they laugh. So if we just stay on the, the, the subject of like ad-libbing, right? Uh-huh. So you know, because you're an actor, but you know, many people have never been involved in that process. Yeah. When you get a script, if if you are particular, like I'm a very particular type of director, so I'm one of these people who be like, yeah, let's try it this way, guys. <laughs> so, you know, I'll try and let my actors have as much freedom as possible. I'm not a very demonstrative director. Yeah. I won't be like, do it this way. Um, mm. And it's very clear that a lot of that happened. So um, see the scene where he finally gets a breakthrough there and he tells the story about how his wife farted in bed. Yeah, it's a great right? scene. That's all I'd lived. See, that's the, the interesting thing, though, is like to me that I get that with Robin Williams' character because I genuinely think he would like, if it's in the script that they tell a story um, and it's to crack Matt Damon up, I'm going, Robin Williams you entirely believe he can pull out a story that will just, and it was, it was a, it was a really lovely moment. And it, it kind of goes to say with what we were saying earlier with Robin Williams, the comedy and the drama just mix so, so well. But what's surprising to me, and maybe not surprising, because I actually love the, the dynamic between the four guys, um, that, that all the Casey stuff is, is ad-libbed, because I don't know if that's maybe the reason why I thought it was so believable, but it's like to get to the point where you see um, Robin Williams kind of yell at Stellan Skargar's character Lambeau about how the 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 reason that he's he's the the way he is with them is because they will they ride down in front of traffic. They would take, yeah, head, exactly. That's what he says. And the fact <laughs> the fact that you see this like throughout the film where you go like they just jump out and start battering people because he because of what they were doing to a, to a woman and stuff like that and which like, which by the way is a fucking beautiful use of baker street by jerry <laughs> yeah well this is it this in fact let's let's jump into that because it's on one of my notes and i want to talk about that okay. how did you feel about the that fight scene um i think that fight scene is so right so first of all do you know what i love about it go on they they see him at the baseball game yep right and then they drive past him. They're totally not bothered about it. And then they hear him make a comment to a woman. So they back the car up. Yeah. Right. And he's like, I'm not going. And he's like, you're going. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm not going. And they have a fight about it. So what, without doing it, it's, it's beautiful script writing. Because what it does is it tells us, as an onlooker, they do this a lot. Yeah. We've done this. So if I pull up the car, we're going to jump out. We're going to beat the shit out of these guys. Yep. So they jump out. They have the fight sequence. It's so weird. Mate, it's that's the, why I want to talk about it. I it's wrote, the only part in the movie that, that I'm just like, did you have an idea and thought something else? Like, were you going to do this later yeah. on at points? And then didn't he? But this is it's the thing up. that stood out is because it's quite early on because it's like I think it's like the the it's about for, it's about the ten first ten minutes into it. Aye, it's yeah. the second note that I've got and I've just wrote fight don't know like or not, 
And it was just like, I kind of get the idea they were going for using like the slow-mo, but then there was points I'm going, no, that guy's actually throwing a punch slowly to make it look like he's actually making contact. And then there's sometimes where you don't see any cut and it kind of cuts away and I'm going, right, so it seems to me like there's a mishmash of ideas here. And again, it's right at the start. It's as you say, this, this, the whole point of this scene is to set up. They do this quite a lot. As much as, um, as, as much as uh, Will is a bad guy, he's actually a good guy at heart. He's doing it for the right reasons because he's defending someone. Um, and that kind of goes on to say like, like who he is. Like when you get the part of the judge and he's rhyming off everything that he's done, you're going, right, it's just a bad guy. He's a, he's a good guy that's just been in a bad kind of place. And that's how he survives. But it was just so bizarre, as you say, where you're just kind of going, it, it doesn't reoccur. There is no real reason or rhyme for the way they do it. There's some stuff that actually, the bit where you see Will absolutely hammer the guy, that looks good, that looks real. And I was going, yeah, that's cool, that's vicious. And it's shown that he maybe does have that side of him that does lose a bit of control. But there's points where, like, Casey's character comes in and, like, fucking boots somebody in the chops. And I'm going, you yeah okay it was just bizarre to me and I was just like I think that's the only point and I don't not like it it's not going to do anything against the film but it was the only point where I was looking going hmm whereas the rest of the film I was just I was well in yeah the only I, I mean I would always chalk that as being anyone who's any kind of like director or something I would always just chalk that up to someone had an idea <laughs> and that was it <laughs> do you know what I mean like someone had good. an idea and they went hey let's yeah. do this and then went Oh, we never did that again. Oh, well. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And they were just like, yeah. well, I'm not going to go back and film it. That's too funny. Um, so something else we're going to talk about, this is the other one where it kind of, it leads up to one of the, the the iconic lines, how do you like them? I got a number, how do you like them apples? I found it hilarious, the, the nerd smack talk. When they when the guy was just like, so you, so you think you know history? Hmm, let me show you. And I was just like, oh. So... What I think is amazing about this, right? And this movie does this a lot. And I think it's, I think that's another reason why I think it's right. And I'm going to keep harping on about playwrights, like really good playwrights. <laughs> um, but a really good play, like an Arthur Miller or something like that, will always offer a semblance of foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. And this movie foreshadows everything. Absol- yeah. almost absolutely everything and it does it in such a satisfying way so will lambass this like my god could they have got a guy who looked any more like some posh dickhead if they had tried it's he's got bleach good... blonde hair yeah. and a ponytail it's not even the ble- a... it's not even just that he's got a bleach blonde hair and ponytail it's like scraggly looking hair it's like thin yeah. and you're like mate just fucking like, and what are yeah. you doing with this long hair it's really yeah. i don't know if that was him or if it was like the hair and makeup yeah. but it was really well done for you to go i don't like that guy yeah because it's like harvard draco malfoy oh that's a great that's a great comparison but that's like that's what it is it's just this guy just looks skeevy and you're like oh right okay i think but he is sitting in a bar basically plagiarizing a whole bunch of things that he's learned in class and will openly lambast him for it Mm -hmm. but that's what will does yeah and that's how sean that's how sean breaks him because he rips Sean's life apart with a bunch of plagiarizing that he learned from books yep. and then Sean says you're just a scared kid you're just a scared yep. gutless kid who can read anything out of a book and we can all do that pal <laughs> and it's and it's it's so good because that he's professing to be almost everything that he hated yeah it, 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 it's so it's just so clever 
Um, and that way that it does, I just thought that was so good. And um, how do you like Dem Apples is actually a reference to Chinatown? All right, that's another film that's, that's on the last night. I've never, yeah, there's there's quite a few, there's quite a few references to very famous movies or very famous directors. See, mm-hmm. when um, when he rhymes off his 12 brothers, yeah, like yeah, yeah, Rocky, Jimmy, Ricky, Bobby, right? All these things, uh, those are all reference to 12 different directors Matt Damon and Ben Affleck want you to work with wow that's cl- I like that I like when they do I like when you see like easter eggs and, and we kind of nods like stuff like that that's really yeah, they, cool. there's, obviously there's that they wrote this that's really clever I like that there's a there's a point as well where he walks up to Skylar at the bar mm-hmm. and Casey's at um Morgan's character is talking to and he pulls back but before he does it he goes I swallowed a bug and walks back. That's a reference to a scene in Apocalypse Now, All in right, which okay. Marlon Brando completely bluffed a, a scene, and then can be heard off camera going, "I, I swallowed a bug." That is hilarious, and, and it's just <laughs> it's just full of little things like that in there because it just was like two pals who wrote a movie yeah. and had a love for theater and a love for movies and thought right this is the last shot we are ever going to get to do anything like this yeah so they made they made exactly what they wanted and i think that shows you as well like the success that they gained from this obviously because it's like um i was going to actually introduce it as starring uh jason Bourne and batman because again that's where my head goes but like for this being like their first hit like you're like wow like that's that is a standard you need to like worryingly probably need to meet um but the one thing i want to kind of get into now because again we've kind of touched on stuff like how he meets the 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 girl and um i did say about how the jersey tones made an appearance at one point at the very start with the the people singing but the one thing i want to kind of talk about is obviously once he gets found out you get this idea um scarsgard's car um lambo comes up and sees him drawing on the the board and automatically assumes he's graffitiing takes him to all these different like psychologists which i enjoyed i loved the i think it was at the first one where he he, he gets the guys like oh so do you, do you struggle that, that you're a gay man and he's like and it's so again like indifferent that you go right that's not very nice but at the same time it's, yeah. it's just very funny the fact that it kind of shows you he's smart enough to go um i don't yeah. want to i don't need to be here which ultimately leads to how fantastic Robin Williams' character, Sean, is at managing to kind of break Will down. Um, so I want to kind of just talk about their relationship, the relationship between Will and Sean, because I think it's I think it's honestly one of the best relationships I've watched in a film in a very, very long time. Um, so obviously with the start, like you kind of guess where it's going to go, the fact that he's, he's had these previous like um psychiatrists that, that that were just like nah i'm not wasting my time and as soon as you see him kind of take his hand off his throat and uh lambo comes in and he's like i'm really sorry he's like make sure he's here thursday at four you're like oh yeah this this guy obviously sees something in him so like for me like what are your thoughts obviously because you're a teacher so you you obviously maybe not to the same scale as what a psychiatrist does but you have these kind of relationships with maybe kids that you're trying to kind of invest your time in and ones that you know maybe aren't too bothered about it, but you'll persevere. So, like, how did you see it from from your kind of point of view of maybe not as an actor or a performer, but, like, as that kind of teacher, as that that person that 
tries to help people? I think uh, I think they do something very clever with this movie in regards to Robin Williams as well, because he's not a psychologist, he's a teacher. Yeah. And you see him in the classroom. At the start, um, yeah. As well, and they kind of make it look like he's a fuck-up, because yeah. he doesn't teach in the best schools and stuff. And I think there's a, there's a real case of, in this whole movie, of going... Um, there's a value to education, but there's also a value to your type of education. Um, and I think that's what's so brilliant about it, that like Stellan Starsgaard's um, character in this is, you know, he teaches at the best technical college in the world. That's yeah. what Robin Williams calls it, right? But at one point, Will turns around to him and says, I'm really sorry that you can't do this because I can. Yeah. And I have to watch you walk around and fuck it up all these times. <laughs> and then Robin Williams says to him later on, don't think I'm a failure. And Stellan Skarsgård said to him, yeah, you're smarter than me and you're smarter than me now. But he's teaching in the public school. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I, so it's, 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 I thought it, I, I thought it said quite a lot. And I think, that. I think that's the thing as well is like I think it's quite easy to say that the um Lambo is is like maybe not the villain of the piece but he's 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 you don't cheer him on but I think he's such an interesting character in that fact that he obviously holds himself in such high regard as you say that he teaches in the best school and he's uh, people are kind of like he puts these tasks out for people that they should fawn over that he that he's like oh if you if you get this you'll be in the the MIT newsletter or whatever it was that we're going to be in. <laughs> and you get someone who is, as you say, like as soon as you get introduced to Robin Williams, his hair's thinning a wee bit at the front, big graying, thick beard. He's got a cardigan. He just doesn't, he doesn't look the part. So it gives you that, just on initial kind of appearance, it gives you that thought of, oh, he's down on his luck or, oh, he's not maybe quite made it to that point. But when you get to that argument between the two, and as you say, we're... Um, Rambo is like, yeah, you're smarter than me, yeah, but I made the right choices. And he's like, I didn't fail, I chose this path. And it's just one of these fucking, uh, the adoration that you've got for that character where he's like, look, I know what I did. And you see it throughout the the, the scene that we'll talk about in a wee minute when we get into the, the depths between Will and Sean, um, when he talks about how he met his missus, like, oh, mate, fucking hell. Like, as a guy that's notoriously single, I'm sitting there going, I just want that in my life. And it's like, it's it's so well, and it's, as you say, man, if you write this down, it's, it's pretty boring film, but how well these characters come across and how well they're acted and how well they're written, it just sucks you in and it just makes you smile. Like, literally, I got to the end of this film and my dad was like, do you enjoy it? I was like, man, that was fucking brilliant. And there was like, to, to, to think of how to explain it, I'm just going, it's just really good. It's just really, I just really enjoyed it. Yeah, and I think I think that is, I mean, there's so, I, I honestly you could talk about this movie forever and you could dissect it <laughs> to bits. But I mean, there's 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 so much as well about the value of education. Like Matt, Matt Damon's yeah. mum is a teacher. He does oh, cool. a lot of work. He does a lot of work for the teaching union. In America, like he's a he's a prominent spokesperson for mm -hmm. the teaching union in there because he understands the value of education, and um, and there's so many points in this that he he puts that into his character. The fact that he leaves the bar the first time we see him do it, he stands there, he looks at the equation, he walks away. There's a beautiful foreshadowing line where he walks away and he tells Lambo to go fuck himself, and yeah. Lambo says to him, "Oh, you're a clever one." 
Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's so good. Well done. Right? <laughs> it's just such a throwaway line in yeah. terms of being an insult. But I'm like, yeah, he is. He's really yes, fucking and clever. You're, and you're about yeah. to find out yeah. kind of thing. So, so when he does that, like, it's not a case of him being like a complete boy genius and he has a savant and he understands that he does get it, mm. but he doesn't solve it right away. Yeah, he's he takes it away it and out. he's writing it. Yeah, he's and, it and he goes home and he writes it on the bathroom of his like yeah. shit house. Do you know what I mean? But he leaves a pup with his friends who are like kind of goofing off and Chucky's like, what the fuck are you leaving for? It's 10 o'clock. Yeah. And then he goes home just so he can solve this problem. So he can go in the next morning and, and prove it. And, and I think it. that, and it, that leads to the end scene or one of the ending scenes with, um with Will and with Sean, where, where he's like, look, I understand that you think it's 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 honourable to 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 be like a, a bricklayer and it's honourable to be like a janitor, but why did you choose the 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 highest GPA like kind of school? Why are you why are you solving why, equations? Why that... did you travel forty five minutes to get in two hours before everyone else so you could do it? Yeah, and, and it, that's it... what leads as well to that fucking brilliant scene between him and Ben Affleck, where you're going, look, mate, I know it. And you just don't want to admit it to yourself that you you are bigger and better than this. You owe it to yourself. And in the, in the, the, the line where he's like, you owe it to me to go do that. Because if it was me in this position, I would want to do that. And it's like, oh, it's so well done. So well done. There's also, there's also a lot of... Um, one of the big things I think about Will's character is he keeps getting called scared the whole time. He yep. gets called scared, he gets called scared. And the one thing that he appears to be afraid of is obviously this idea that other people will leave him. Mm-hmm. But there's an incredible, there's an incredible sense of identity about this. And like, as someone who is like an educationalist, identity mm-hmm. is so important when it comes to any kind of legacy, right? We as actors, regardless of who wants to do it, nobody does it for the fucking love. Do you know what I mean? You do it for the adaptation. You do. You do it for the part that people go, oh, yes, bravo, well done. That was wonderful. Right? <laughs> but you do. You do because it's, it's you know, it's, it's ego, but you, you love that, right? Yeah. You love that and you love the process of getting there, yeah. right? If I was told, you know, I'm allowed to direct absolutely everything and I'm allowed to get a bunch of actors in there and that's all I'm going to do. Every Tuesday night, I got a bunch of professional actors and I get to do whatever play I want. I would love that. That would be great. But see if he said to me, I could have a bunch of professional actors for four months and then it it goes into the Theatre Royal and they'll act fucking happy days yeah right? exactly because at the end of the day your process is only so much right yeah. you eventually want some kind of adoration but the lead up to that adoration leaves you with especially if you ever become an educationalist or, and, and I know at some point you were talking about it but you have a real problem with what's called imposter syndrome right you stand in front of a bunch of actors and you tell them something and you go am I Am I good enough to tell you this? Because you're always afraid you're going to get judged because there's a sense of identity that follows everything. And there's a conversation that they say, do you know who Albert Einstein is? Mm -hmm. Do you know who they are? And then Lambo literally asks the barman, do you know Gerard Lambo? And the guy, guy, guy goes, no, no, I don't. And he's like, ha ha, look, I won. And then Robin Williams says, tells a story about someone and he goes, 
do you know who that guy was? And he goes, Ted Kaczynski. And they're like, who the fuck is Ted? Because obviously the educational people are like, who's Ted Kaczynski? So yeah. he asked the barman, who's Ted Kaczynski? And he goes, Una Bomber. Yeah. And it's that sense of like, what? how much of identity do you actually want? Yeah. And this, and it's just, it's, it's so much of this that it's viewed on as like Sean's viewed as a failure. But mm -hmm. we as the layman are going, no, but he's great. Yeah, he's really you. good at what he does. You, yeah, you're a dickhead. It's you that I hate. And I think that's the fun like, thing that you get to you get to see throughout this is this idea of like what is success, what is what you want, and you see that through the 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 scene where, um, I think there's a time where Will doesn't turn up to one of his meetings, and Sean's like, "Look, I know what's wrong with him. I am dealing with him. I know what I'm doing as much as you maybe doubt it." And, and it's like, if you push him into something, he's just going to push back and just not be bothered. He needs to make his own decisions. He needs to be the person that makes his decisions for his life. And, and it is almost this like idea where there's a part where Lambeau talks about failing isn't an option. So even in the scene where Will talks about him, like, oh, you're just annoyed because I can do this easily and you fuck it up. If he can not maybe not ride the coattails of, will but almost be like i discovered him like that's that's um that's him succeeding in that point like oh i might not have been able to do it but i found the guy that could and i gave him the platform to do so and it's I think like it's about, i think it's about accolade as well though yeah like it, it, he values accolades so much because mm -hmm. sean makes that point of like you've just got a, like a posse of follow you around going the fields medal the fields medal yeah. and stuff like that but i think that is very much i think that's a critique and i think matt damon was trying to say a critique about sort of the upper echelons of society and mm -hmm. that educational system is yeah. that harvard do you know harvard do you know it's all about fields medals and stuff like that and because sean asks the class inside the inner city school anybody know what the fields medal is mm -hmm. and not one of them do no I... and he goes he goes it's almost the Nobel prize for mathematics it's a big fucking deal and they yeah. all just go oh, okay Aye, exactly you know I mean? so it shows even how the way... important this thing is but even the way as well as what i liked is like this kind of hail mary pass that, that, that Lambeau does at the end where he's like, oh, I've got my medal at home. You can have it if you want. And he's like, mate, take your medal and stick up your arse. I don't give a fuck about your medal. And, and it's it's such a great... And even the, the bit where they kind of like um, come back together, those two, where he comes in and he goes, uh, uh, Sean, and he goes, I, I'm, I am too. Don't worry about it. And it just shows you what the, the kind of character that, that Sean is that, that Robin Williams creates. But it's like, look, I don't hold it personal. I know what you're like. You've always been that way. And then there's a lovely line where he's like, oh, there's a the reunion in six months. I'll buy you a drink. And just how literal Lambo is like, it's free drinks. He's like, yeah, I was being fucking out. Like, I know what I'm doing. Like, it's it's even in the wee subtle jokes that, that they have together where it's like, he knows what he's doing. And, and I like that dynamic. I liked having that almost like tug of war um over the character of will where it's like look he has this gift he has he has to use it in the right way that i believe is the right way whereas why i think robin williams character sean is is, is so lovable is the fact he's like look i i've i know where he is i've been there myself i'm i needed to make the right choices and he needs to and again it wasn't even him trying to lead him down the 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 path he was very much just being like look do what's good for you even the scene the, the last session where sean's like 
or Will says, oh, I went down and I spoke to, to them about this job. And he's like, is that what you want to do? He's like, yeah, I think so. And he's like, congratulations. And, and it is, it's just, it's such a lovely kind of, and I'm, I'm assuming they're going for this like father figure role because there is a point where as he leaves and he says, good luck, son. And I'm going, that's, that's, he, that was meant to be in there calling him son because it's like, right, we'll get into the scenes because I've got four, four or five different scenes that we talk about. So you obviously get the first scene between the two of them where you get the chokehold. And that's so interesting that you brought up that that, that wasn't um, scripted. So I need to go back and like, because I've seen the fear in his eyes, but now that I know that fact, I'm like, yeah, I need to go watch that back. Oh, he's terrified. Um, you can see that he's literally like, mm. yeah, almost to the point, almost to the point where you think he's going to go, are they going to cut? <laughs> like, yeah, but that's like, the thing that you don't realise about Robin Williams, because he's obviously in this as well. He's, he's a lot shorter than everybody else. Williams is built, man. Like, yeah, Robin Williams yeah. is a fucking... Yeah, and, and not just mm -hmm. because he's hairy mitts. He's a mm -hmm. beast. He's an mm -hmm. absolute... And I think they mentioned it, like, he, he, he benches, like, 280, yeah. which I think is about 130 kilos, and mm -hmm. now I can bench, like, 90. I'm going, fucking hell, Robin Williams, man. I think, that is I think what's great about that first scene as well, um, and, like, anybody who is an educationalist or a teacher uh, will understand this, is he's trying to find common ground. Yeah. Right. And we've all done that. See, with some kid who's just been a dick. Right. And you try and find common ground. And now, do you like, like I mean, the PlayStation? <laughs> no, like, do you know what I mean? Like, it's not quite that in depth, but you're kind of going, you, you know, you're trying to find something. And yeah. every single stretch, this kid's just like, nah, fuck you. Nah, fuck you. I'm the one. Do you know what I mean? And, and, then, and then he does his classic thing of, all right, I'm going to look around and I'm going to look for a trigger. And like you say, because he, he insults his history thing yep. first, he goes through his degree, he yep. goes through why aren't you more popular and why aren't you more there? <laughs> and then he hits the girl. And he he goes through, it's almost, it's weird, he's almost like a sort of fucking, you know, these like fake psychic people who are trying to trigger yeah. on something. He's like, your name's John, J, J, James, J, right? And he basically <laughs> goes, oh, you've, you've, you've got a, a woman. Maybe it was the wrong woman. Maybe she left you. Did she leave you? Aye. She was banging on our guy. And that's when the boom hits. Aye. And it's just, you can see him like, all right, there's your trigger. I'm going what, to use it. What I liked about that, though, there was a pause between his thought process where it's like almost he made a, he made a deliberate choice to go after that. Because there's a point, I think he says it twice. He says, oh, it's a woman. And he does a wee bit. He goes, but I'm right though, it is, isn't it? It's a woman. And I'm going, right, so he knows exactly. He's he's found the nerve. And in that moment, he's decided, yeah, I'm going, I'm, I'm going to push on that nerve and see what happens. And then obviously we get we get what happens. But I love the fact as well where you say as you as you've talked about, uh, if you've spoken about, I said that like as soon as he kind of like decided, I was like, he's just going to have a conversation with him. It's not going to be, how do you feel? I'm going to hypnotize you. It's not, it's, he's just going to talk to him. And I like that. And as you say that, you get that with teachers. I've had that with teachers. I've seen it myself. I've done a wee bit of coaching and stuff like that. Um, and you do, you just try and find that common ground with someone. But the, the, the different scenes that I've got is obviously we get the speech, which from a. Uh, can I just see before we yeah? move on? Uh -huh. with that, can I just say, then we get the immortal line. Um, that Robin Williams uses in every film he's ever done where he calls him Chief. Yeah. yeah. Chief. So he, he, yeah. And that's like, because that, it, one of those things, if you become a fan of Robin Williams, you realize he literally says it in every single movie that's he's ever done. Um, so it's just, it's just, it's interesting that he picked that, that moment. moment. Yeah. 
But I think that's it. And I think that's the thing as well. Because you do go for... If me speaking for myself, like, would I return somewhere where the guy's put his hands around my throat and you're going, he's very capable of fucking me up? Like, I know we see Will getting into fights and stuff like that at the start, but you're going, mate, if, if Robin Williams' character wants to snap you, he will snap you. I have no doubt about that. So it, to me at that point where it's it's almost like an olive branch to kind of, like, like just kind of know where you know your role and we should be fine. You get that lovely speech where they, he turns up and they go for a walk, they go to the park. Again, from an actor's point of view, Robin Williams, absolute masterclass of how to deliver stuff. And there is, there is like, or no, you see, in fact, talking before that, just after um, Will leaves the scene after he gets choked, there's a point where it's just on uh, Robin Williams' face. He says nothing. And I'm going, oh my God, like as an actor, I'm going, he's doing so much. He does nothing, but he does so much with the performance. Just the, the look in his face, the slight movement in his eyes. I was just, oh, I was absolutely hypnotized by how good his performance was. But like if you, you get- go back and you just, if you just go back and watch that right before they go for a walk mm-hmm. as well, Robin Williams is sitting at his desk. And if you look at that shot, it's beautiful because you don't see Will and he opens the door and mm-hmm. all you hear Will say is, oh, you again. <laughs> and all we see is Robin Williams and the camera doesn't break from him at all. And he just picks up his jacket and he just goes, let's go. Me. Yeah. And as that, and it leads to the, as I say, it leads to that speech. I, 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 I could watch that speech all day. It's so, he, he doesn't go over the top. It's just a guy speaking. He's not doing it overly angry, overly sad, anything. It's just a guy speaking, telling him where things stand, explaining to him why he's... And there was a point where I thought, I don't think Matt Damon is doing enough here. I don't think he's up to the same level as what we've seen from Robin Williams. But by the time we get to the end, I'm like, oh no, I like that choice. He hasn't broken yet. Because at that point, I'm going, I'd be bawling my eyes out that this guy has just torn me to absolute shreds and figured in that scene, he figures him out. He says, look, I know what I, you've not done this. You've not done that. You've not done this. I've done all this. I have this experience. I know what I'm doing. And at that point, I'm going, well, why isn't, why isn't my demon? That's a weird choice. Why didn't he cry? But then when we get to the end, I'm going, that's why I didn't cry. And I loved it. It was fucking brilliant. Um, you've already brought in the farts and, farts and her sleep scene. Mate, absolute genius scene. I loved that scene. It's so, so well done. And it's so simple. And I love it even more now that you've told me that it was um, Robin Williams just making up a story. You can always tell. I think you can always tell when you watch this thing. There's a couple of times that Chucky says things. There's a couple of things that Morgan says that you can always tell when Matt Damon is actually laughing. Yeah, you definitely and, can. And there's a point in that. It's a really famous sort of IMDb, you know, these trivia things yeah. that they write where they said, if you go back and watch that again, the camera shakes. And the camera shakes because the camera operator <laughs> the camera didn't know the line was coming. That's so the amazing. cameraman's literally laughing and they just kind of, they just kind of leave it in because yeah. it is this just sort of lovely moment. Yeah. Um, that, that they have and you can see actually where it happens because it it, it cuts and yeah. they, you can see that they've just left the camera rolling mm-hmm. because I think I'm pretty sure that it's supposed to cut when he says she had lots of little like idiosyncrasies like that yeah. and it's supposed to cut but then he tells this story and they were just like and Matt Damon just them. was like, that's, I'm just pissed myself laughing about that. But I think that's the thing that's interesting to me. I don't know if you've ever seen it on, like, I've seen them on, like, so I've seen it on Twitter and Facebook and, and Instagram. There's a thing called uh, script to scene or something like that. And it shows you the scene above it and then it goes rolls down the script. I would love to see that scene with the script below because to me, as you say, if this is, and I'm, I'm 
no hang with saying that I don't believe you, I believe you. That I would love to see what the actual what was down and what he added because I thought it was so poignant everything he said, where it is this idea where it's like she was my person and it was the the like we were together for however long she's been dead two years and this is what I remember. It's 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 absurd, but it's brilliant. It's like he remembers the stupid things that make him laugh that she farted so loud that she woke the dog up, woke herself up and blamed him. And it's, again, it's a stupid story, but it's lovely and it's just performed so well. And it's just, it's like, to me, again, Robin Williams is just one of these actors, as you say, we grew up with only like Aladdin and Jack and Hook. And it's, he, he's 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 going to be missed because, again, I think he had so much more to give in terms of what he had to do. And then we got into one of my favourite scenes was the Miss the Game scene where it, it explains how and like even just the build up of this, it's done so well, even the edit between like the game that they're talking about in between. Right. To me, that's another one of those Baker Street moments. Yeah. Because never at any point in this movie does that happen. Yeah, exactly. They don't cut any other footage in. They don't use stock imagery. It's just weird. But, but this again, one, this one worked for me this time though. Because I think what they're trying to do is they're trying to build up in the mind of the audience the same excitement that Will is feeling at this yeah. story. Yeah, and it's even even the because the, 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 the edit it so so well where he talk where he's talking about the stance of the particular guy that was on bat and he he hits it the same way and it cuts perfect for the that Robin <laughs> Williams arms do the same thing, but even just the thing where he's like oh um, it starts off with I'm just asking do you know. Um, the moment that you knew she was she was the one or whatever the question was, mm. and he tells him he tells her, tells him the specific date, and yeah. I, at that moment I'm going oh that's really nice that he knows the actual like date, and then he's like oh it's because of this game, and for that point it just starts to grow and grow and grow, and as you say the excitement builds because it's game six it's everything don't know why if there's any American listeners I apologise that I'm about to shit on your fucking <laughs> national sport I don't get the fascination with baseball man it's so long it's so boring more power to you if you like it but the, the excitement as you say builds um and it gets to that point he's like oh imagine being at that game he's like no i wasn't there so like, i was on a date and it's and it's the lovely it's such a a nice line where he talks about he's like oh yeah i've 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 got a girl i've got a girl to go see or what is the line no no no, no he says he says to them he said, oh, you know, why didn't you go there? And he said, sorry, I've got to go see about a girl. About a girl. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Sorry, I've got to go see and about a girl. What's amazing is because obviously that's another example of foreshadowing. Yeah, entirely. Mm -hmm. So we get that foreshadowing and then Chucky says that story later on about if I'm going to round out to your house, I'm going to hope you're not there. Oh, so then we get yeah. those, then we get those two scenes put together. And another example of Robin Williams, which is absolutely amazing. The very last line in this movie is Robin Williams going, he stole my line. Son of a son bitch, of a bitch. Stole my line. That's totally <laughs> ad lib. It's amazing, but it's such a good. It's not, it it encapsulates that. Yeah, it captures yep. the character so so perfectly well that that because again, even when you get to that end scene where he's he's told the story and then he says to his friends, he slides them a piece of paper and it says that. So I've got to, got to go see about a girl. And he's like, "What is game? How could you do it? Blah blah blah." blah. And, and he's like, look, I, that's what I had to do. And he was mocking him for missing that game. And then he's like, it'd still be a great game to be. And he's like, well, I didn't know he was going to have a fucking home run. And that's a lovely <laughs> wee moment where he's like, and you get that joke. So yeah. that when you do get that payoff at the end, where it's, and it's even the way they do it, where he's wrote it on one half and then he, mm -hmm. he opens it up and it's that Folds direct it line. And I'm going, 
it's perfect for the character of Sean, and that's just how good the casting of Robin Williams and obviously the performance of Robin Williams is because it's like that makes sense because there are times where he was like jokey and um like like almost because that was my worry when we got to the end was like when he says time's up on his last session and he's like I hope we'll kind of keep in touch and he says yeah we'll keep in touch and he gives him his voicemail and stuff and I'm going I couldn't imagine the 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 process that someone would have to go through for someone that is so closed off and is so um like does it isn't willing to open up emotionally and stuff and someone finally breaks down that wall to then be told that's your session's over and again i thought it was really poignant at the fact that obviously the the scene the, the last session before that where you get that it's not your fault again a reference that i have to go back to I, the first time i ever seen it was brian saying it to stewie but having the context now it's an absolutely beautiful scene and it's done that's one of those things where i don't know if you're the same like when you read a script or something or you're reading reading a play or whatever and like on paper if you were just to see it's not your fault it's not your fault and you see it like fucking nine times you're going how the fuck it how's this going but the tone the inflate everything that he does about it just works and the timing of that scene in terms of what Matt Damon does to reciprocate the, the, the time that it takes him to actually break down where it first he kind of gets angry, then you start to see him hesitate to break. And then when you get the ultimate ball in his eyes out, pulling him in, and there's almost, I couldn't tell if it was sadness or happiness, but I like that. And Robin Williams' eyes, I was just like, oh, absolute masterpiece of a scene. Um, for someone that's predominantly done comedy in his life and would like to do, I would like to do more dramatic stuff. To me, that scene, I'm just going, that's everything, and it's just, it's just done so so well, and it looks almost effortless. Like we talk about how Matt da Matt Damon's character Will can just do all these like fucking equations and stuff. I'm watching that scene, going, guys, that's 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 acting on steroids, man. That's absolutely jaw droppingly good. And it's as yeah. I said, as I said earlier, talk to, I'll I'll stop after this. As I said earlier, when I was take, uh, talking about the the park speech, I wanted that kind of break from from Matt Damon there. The fact that it ultimately led to that scene, I'm going, yeah, I, I was totally in. I think again, that just goes back to the idea of like really good writing as if it's a play. Yeah, um, I I I would love to know. I mean, I would literally love to watch this movie with that whole script thing right next to it and go through yeah. and find out how much yet because i would i would probably take good and i don't think enough gets said about gus van zandt actually the director yeah of this and well that and, was the interesting thing i had to look up who actually directed it and i didn't really know him i couldn't i can yeah, tell you i, th I think I, I was trying to think they loved him they wanted him because of uh, my own private idaho mm -hmm. which is the keanu reeves river phoenix movie and that's why they wanted because it was this kind of like cult person and that's why you know that's why kevin smith loved him and and everything like that and i think i would be willing to bet that that scene about the it's not your fault mm -hmm. is probably not written nine times yeah it's probably written as being like you know it's not your fault don't you say that it's not your fault no no, no. and then they've sort of gone with it because there yeah. is 
and you'll know this yourself when you've when you've done some acting. First of all, all nearly all the acting that I do is is very serious, right? <laughs> so it's very and it's 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 weird stuff like after the end and the pillow man and yeah, yeah like pillow, pillow man um, is fucked up, man. It doesn't surprise yeah, me. You've done that, yeah, we were actually going to do it. We were actually going to do it. Um, and then we got derailed by COVID. So that's coming at some point. So I'll invite nice. you oh, along to come and see that. So that'll be good. Um, well, I say it'll be good. Hi, fucking nightmares. <laughs> going to be a rip roaring <laughs> night at the theatre. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, um, but you know, it's 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 points like that that I would be betting that you know that that was a really visceral thing mm-hmm. between two actors that just kind of went, all right, we're just we're going to go for this. And, and at the moment, I'm sort of directing my seniors. Their exams are like next week. And we're doing, like, I've got some guys who do the Pillman. Nice. And it's it's finding that moment. And obviously it's difficult because they're seniors and stuff, but you're not quite at that point where if you had, you know, full-blown adult actors, you could, you know, you could get them to beat the shit out of each other. Yeah. But I, I think it's moments like that where they find the truth. That sounds well, so wanky. They find the truth in the piece, <laughs> right? But at least really you is, know think, it sounds wanky. No, but it does. It sounds incredibly wanky. But I think it is that idea of like they find that moment and go, okay, written down, maybe this isn't amazing. Yeah. If you get two people who understand that, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bet that even in that, it's not written down that Will cries. I think that's Matt Damon. Probably. I think that's it wouldn't Matt surprise Damon. me with what you've told me in terms of like ad living and stuff. It would not surprise yeah, me. Yeah, I th- I think it's, I think, like, I I could gush about this movie forever. I think it's <laughs> a, I think if you ever want to do anything to do with acting, stage or screen, you need to watch this movie. More I than anything else has ever, ever I could take because it's just, it's phenomenal. It's absolutely phenomenal. I'll go one more than that. Like, I don't, I don't, like, yes, if you're interested in acting, direct, all that kind of stuff entirely. But I think even if you're not interested in it, just this film, it just grabs you. And as as, as Craig has said, is there's not really that much that in terms of on paper, like, I like your idea, the cocktail pitch. The cocktail pitch is is a pretty boring film, but the performances, the, 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 the screenplay, the way it's written, all that kind of stuff, it's fantastic. And it's like, I think there's two there's two more points I want to touch upon um, before before we wrap things up. And it's the, the relationship, sorry, between um, Will and Skylar. And it's like, it's a really nice relationship. And you see, like, he doesn't obviously want to get hurt. But I think it kind of, oh, sorry, before I get to the scene that I want to talk about, the, the Mary and Paddy joke. Oh, so good. Mate, I'm stealing oh. that joke, man. I am, I'm, going to, I'm going to Tenerife. And me yeah. and like it's a big like friends group holiday, so it's ten years. I'm telling that joke one of the nights at the pubs because it's a fucking nice. genius joke. But no, the scene where um the the coffee and the blowjob one's funny. Oh yeah, that is a good one. Yeah, yeah. that's a good. Yeah, job that's a good one as well. Yeah. I like the but I, but I like the fact that she went full like done the Irish <laughs> accent, took her teeth out, all that. Yeah. Kind of, like to me, physical comedy. I like that kind of shit. <laughs> um, but no, the scene the scene where they break up. I thought that that's that was the point where I was going, why is Minnie Driver not been doing more stuff? Because I thought she had a lovely balance between someone who at that point where Will was kind of blowing up saying, oh, I didn't have surgery. I've actually been stat like kind of just essentially just pouring his heart out at that point saying, I am rougher than the fucking burnt side of toast. Is 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 she had this like lovely balance between like fear and caring for him that he's, he's punching walls and stuff like that but she still has this tender where she's like i'm trying to help you i under like you've not like when he talks about how um he doesn't have 12 brothers 
and he's an yeah. orphan. He's like, that's what you want to hear. And she's like, look, I didn't know that. It's not, I'm yeah. not judging you. I just, I want you to let me in. And I just think that performance, as I say, like to me, obviously Robin Williams is the big takeaway from this, but even in those performances, and as you've said, Casey Affleck, he's fucking ad-libbing. Ben Affleck gets his moment with that speech at the, the Hingway. Matt Damon gets lovely moments. Even Skarsgård, great. But Mini Driver, in that sense, man, I was just like, that's such a really, it's so believable. And then you get the phone call a wee bit later where she says, I love you again, and he doesn't answer. And I thoroughly liked, I'm a, I'm a stickler for, we don't know if it's a happy ending or not. So the yeah, fact that this yeah. ends, it's a lovely line, as you say, that Robin Williams ends it with, where it's like, son of a bitch, stole my line. And then all you get is the credits as Will drives off. It's, it's an excellent credit sequence as well because yeah. you see the car for the entire time. Yep. So like it's, you're following him on the entire time and it's just at the very end the car disappears. But it goes off. And again, yeah. this is the this is the, yeah. the Marvel guy in me. I'm waiting for a fucking after credit scene where he taps <laughs> on the door or something and that doesn't yeah. come back. Mate, I cannot stress enough I am so pleased you chose this movie because I now get to say that I've seen it. Um, the people that already that I'd kind of let slip that I was doing this already were chastising me for not seeing this film. <laughs> you kind of balked me when you confirmed when we confirmed this was the movie that we'd be doing. Um, so, mate, commendations, mate. What a choice! Thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, but that is all we have time for. Um, currently, myself and Craig are about to jump off to go watch a PlayStation. Um, conference about harry potter so Way. i will leave exactly i will leave you this if you want to follow the podcast we're at not seen that pod on twitter and how, how have you not seen that on instagram and facebook uh, we want you to join in the discussion let us know if you've seen this film if you haven't who was your favorite in it all that kind of stuff chastise me for not seeing it i'm expecting it because again it was an absolute whopper choice from from craig and it's definitely up there now as one of the favorite films that i've seen in the past couple of years but most important of all we want to know what you think but until next time thanks for listening and we'll see you again